This is the Personal Finance Show with your host, Bo Humphreys. Hello, I'm Bo Humphreys. This is the Personal Finance Show. And this is the, the FinTech uh, series that I, I started a little while ago. And I'm really happy to continue with this. I'm, it's important to uh, learn about financial technology companies that are applicable to individuals. Today, I have a lending loop. I have Cato Pastel. Is that the b- best way to say your name? Yeah, that's right. Excellent. And Brandon Vlar. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. I'm glad I got that right. So, lending loop. Let's uh, let's let's get right into it. Uh, let's let's do a little uh, a simple sort of. Uh, if you're explaining it to a five year old who maybe understands the concept of money, uh, at least you know a smart five year old, what is lending loop? Yeah. So, lending loop is a peer to peer lending platform, and what that means is we're an online marketplace that connects people who want to lend money with people who are looking for money. And specifically in our case, those are small businesses. So in the simplest sense of the world, when a small business wants a loan uh, or they need financing to help grow or expand their business, they'll come to us and then they'll post that loan on our online platform. And then people like yourself and myself can actually lend money to that small business. Okay. So the small business needs $25,000, $100,000, something like that. And they went to a bank and they and the bank said no way or maybe they don't like banks i don't like banks that much but they came to you and they said hey lend me money and you guys do a bunch of stuff to check them out yeah absolutely so uh, in some cases they are small businesses that couldn't get financing from the bank in other cases as you said they could have got financing from the bank but maybe they didn't want to wait 60 to 90 days to deal with someone at the bank or they didn't like the process they would have got had to go through when they went to get bank so there's financing. a lot of red tape with banks yeah a lot of red tape okay so you know these aren't necessarily lower quality small businesses some of them are just small businesses that haven't had the the access to financing that they really should have had access to because maybe the bank hasn't treated them the way that they should have been Okay, and so it's. I think it's good for people to know uh, who's coming to you, and it's not just people who you know are living in the shadows, and and uh, you know that you guys are loan sharks or something like that. It's just people sometimes want a simpler way or a different way to do things. Okay, so so people come to you, and then you know we'll talk about it later in terms of how you actually approve them in more detail. But for now, then I go on Lending Loop, and I say. Yeah, here's some of my money. I I think I just did it myself. So I put in two hundred dollars because that's your minimum, right? Yep. And I don't. Uh, but now I'm trying to decide uh, who to invest in. But um, that's basically how it goes, right? I go on two hundred dollars minimum, and then I can split it up in chunks of how much. Mi- how much? Yeah, uh, the minimum is twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars, uh, and usually how many? businesses do you have like right now or, or on average? Yeah, as of right now, there's about five. I think a couple of weeks ago, we had 10 up there. So it ranges, but you know, we're listing new deals pretty much every week. So you actually get notified. Um, so you get an email. I have got the emails. Yeah. Go. So <laughs> I, uh, I forget what it was, a warehouse or something, perhaps. Uh, is that possible in the last week? Yeah, we've had a couple of businesses come on uh, recently. One was a, a clothing um manufacturer so they essentially put clothing together in toronto do screen printing and their warehouse is actually in toronto so it's okay a, it's a great local business that we're trying to support yeah these are real people right this is this is what we're all talking about here right like real people are coming to other people and uh, by the way uh, uh brandon and cato they're real people 
They're not robots or, or giant bank executives. And I think it's important. And uh, I want to talk about that later too. But first, I want to talk about how you got into this. So fintech is, uh, is really kind of a big thing right now. But why so many fintech companies now? And why did you guys end up in, in, in this specifically? Where did, you, where did you start in terms of, I don't know, you don't have to go all the way back, uh, but uh, where did you start in terms of, uh, let's go with this business? You know, how did it come to be? Yeah, so Cato and I met at uh, business school, and um, as we were graduating, we kind of talked about what we were doing next, and we both had some full-time jobs lined up, but we know we wanted to start something, and, and we were really evaluating a couple opportunities that were presented to us, and one problem that really stood out to us was the lack of investment options in Canada. Um, Cato can speak to this more, but coming from a more um, financially developed economy like the UK, really showed what we were missing here in Canada and the lack of choice we had. So we talked about different ways to kind of solve that problem. And that's obviously on one side of the marketplace. That's on the investor side. But on the small business side of our business, um, we knew there was a problem that good small businesses had trouble accessing affordable and fast credit. And I kind of saw that firsthand when I was raised. I worked with my mom and dad, and both of them were small business owners. And we would always go into a normal financial institution or a bank and we'd be constantly rejected for credit. We had a good business, generated a lot of cash flow, but it was in an industry they didn't like. Um, they wanted to give us more personal credit as opposed to tie the credit to the business, which is what we wanted to do. Why, why wouldn't they like? Why wouldn't they like you? Or why wouldn't uh, they uh, like the business? Yeah, a lot of the times it wasn't the particular business; it's their credit criteria, and it, it, a lot of that comes down to the loan amount as well. So, if we're looking for a twenty-five thousand dollar loan or fifty thousand dollar loan, it's very difficult for a bank with a lot of legacy systems to uh, let, to evaluate that loan. Um, in a cost-effective manner, right? They have to pull all these different reports from the credit bureaus and perform analysis, and they can't be profitable doing that on a small loan. So they just say, hey, take a line of credit out personally and put that into the business. Or, hey, put a HELOC on your home and put that into the business. So they're advising you to use personal uh, credit tools for a business when you're coming in for a business because it's better for them. Yeah, it's a lot easier for them. That That's what their machine is set up to do, right? Sounds like a bit of a broken system to me. Absolutely, but it's created an opportunity for us, right? And and that's really why we're able to to target these businesses and give them capital ranging from five grand to half a million dollars. So we saw those two problems on both sides of the marketplace and we really started to evaluate why there wasn't this, why this model didn't exist in Canada. And that took a lot of research and it took some time and it took a lot of nights and weekends to get the first version of the business built and things like that. Are you working full time during this somewhere, yes, somewhere exactly. else or yeah. on the business? No. So we were working full time for the first about uh, 10 months um, in our own respective jobs. And then we both quit um, and went full time in March of 2015. And that's really when we had the first version of the product built. We had to go to market strategy put together and we were ready to commit ourselves to this full time. So you're working full time and you're trying to build this business to help Canadians and to help Canadian investors and connect them both. And uh, so uh, what happened, uh, you know, what happened next? How did, uh, how did you get uh, from quitting your, jo quitting your jobs uh, completely? How did how did you do that? Did you get some financial support, or did did you have to go to a bank? Uh, we got we got a bit of financial support. So we kind of a, what we call like friends and family. Money. Okay, okay, uh, better than banks. Better than better than since you're since you're commuting with the banks, right? <laughs> in essence, uh, yeah. So you got that. So that was like okay. We believe in you guys. 
pay us back, you know, however big interest uh, you negotiated with your friends and family and uh, go uh, do your dream, right? Yeah, exactly. And that, that really allowed us, like Brandon said, to kind of focus full time on this and, and bring this to market. And um, what bringing it to market and kind of getting our beta out the door showed us was that people really wanted this. So we saw like an immediate reaction from investors who saw what we were doing, saw what we were offering. And, you know, within a matter of a couple of months, we already had a couple thousand investors signed up to Lending Loop who were all, you know, really bought into what we were doing. And we also saw small businesses across Canada coming to us and applying for financing. So, you know, first deals we were doing were actually out in BC and Alberta, just showing that this is a problem that's not unique to Ontario businesses or Toronto businesses, but it's one that's actually across the country. I, I know this, uh, this feeling uh, firsthand because I was at the FinTech Summit last week and I was sitting at a table with these uh, really nice people and they were like, wow, Cato uh, gets up on the stage and they're like, that's a great idea. This is, I can just, I can put some money in and invest in a business. Uh, it's, it, it's revolutionary in, in a way to a lot of people if they, if they haven't heard of it or seen it. And hopefully it'll become more of a norm. So in terms of fintech, what is it about, what is it about, uh, is, is this the, the time, like could this have happened? Would you guys have gone like in a completely different direction with whatever you're doing if finance and technology weren't so aligned right now or the infrastructures? That, well, like what are you actually, you know, okay, so who's, who's the uh, technology person and there, there's a, is there like a Steve Jobs and a Steve Wozniak here? Is that what we're talking about? I wouldn't put us in those two buckets. Uh, <laughs> I used to be a big Apple guy. Yeah, I'm an Apple person. Cato's a little bit of an Apple person. He's slowly converting. That sounds like Steve Jobs to um, me. But uh, we're, we're both uh, we're both technical, and I think that's very critical. Okay, so to both of you are. Yeah, that's um, good. We've both been programming since we were young, and and we both have formal technology experience in in our careers. And you both went to business school. But we both went. to Yes, business and that's school. where you met. Exactly. So and the business technology. knowledge and finance knowledge has really allowed us to drive this business. And forward. so you are uh, fintech uh, epitomizing people. Exactly. Right? We're, <laughs> yeah, it, that's exactly. <laughs> You're the it. living embodiment <laughs> of financial technology, which is great. Is it developments in, in like so this is all web-based obviously, yeah. right? You, you you know, I see people out there calling or taking calls, are you cold calling people or are they calling you? How how do you how are you getting business uh, if not through the web? Is it all web? Yeah, so we have a number of channels that we get business. I think to quickly address the lender side, um, all of our lender growth right now is organic. So it's just people coming in. We're not running many campaigns just to Google. bring them in, just Google. Um, and on the business side, um, right now we're just trying to experiment with different ways to raise awareness about our offering to small business owners. They're so busy and they're getting bombarded with different services every day that we're kind of competing with some of their attention. And with that um, comes a couple different channels. And, and some of those are offline channels, so like direct sales and direct mail, and others are online through content and uh, email marketing and things like that. So people like people still use mail to, yeah. to tell people about things? Yeah, it's actually a very effective way to market to small businesses. I today. think I was reading about this. It's because nobody's doing it much anymore so that's like you, it's the one piece of mail that you'll get or something is that it it, it could be it um or I, one of a few yeah exactly it's one of a few they're not getting as bombarded but, yeah but for something like this you can target them in, in such a good way that you know that you're going to reach out to somebody who may find your product of value and i think that's why it's very effective so i want to talk about collaborative finance the whole the concept a general concept so they, there's these things called rotating savings and credit associations in other countries. These are big sort of things where, you know, let's just say 
10 farmers get together and they each have $1,000 and someone wants to buy a $10,000 item. They all bring their $10,000 in, give it to the one person, he buys his stuff, and then three months later or whatever, six months later, they all bring the 10000 again and the next person gets it, right? So this is like way more common, but we don't do that here, right? We don't have anything, uh, as far as I know, and maybe you can maybe say credit unions are similar or whatever, everybody's collaborative, but it's not a situation where a whole bunch of people are giving one person money to use, but you guys are in essence doing that now uh, in, uh, in one way or another. I wonder why we don't have this since uh, Canadians are nice and helpful. Isn't that our thing? Why is this so brand new? And when I'm sitting at a table with people, they're blown away by this. Why? Where, like, what happened to us? Yeah, it's it's a great question, and I think we kind of skipped this step. And there's a lot of I think factors in why that is. You know, I don't think there's any one answer. Um, some of it is based on kind of risk appetite. Some of it is regulatory circumstances in Canada. Um, you know, we tend to have much more conservative regulators, which you know a lot of people praise because of times like 2008. But at the same time, that really holds back you know innovation at the same time. Um, so when you look at new products and new services like Lending Loop, you know we took a lot longer to come to market than potentially someone in the U.S. or the U.K. just because of that conservatism um so there's pros and cons to, to to being in that type of conservative environment but you know we're obviously trying to really you know blaze our own trail and set the path to really bring this to the mainstream and actually allow people to help other people not just in their community but actually across the country or even across borders which is the really cool thing about doing this online is you can have that same concept that you mentioned where you got 10 farmers but you could have 10 farmers from alberta to uh the east coast to pei right as opposed having them all being hyper local this really allows you to do this i like that a lot because yeah. uh, somebody up in the northwest territories uh, could have uh, you know money to burn right and they just want to invest in a downtown toronto clothing warehouse yeah. right and it's very possible so you're talking about the internet connecting people you know there, there's this general argument to just step out of uh, uh, into something more general uh, for a little bit that uh, the internet is uh, is isolating and the internet versus the internet is connecting, right? Like, so like Facebook, oh, you're on Facebook, you don't have any friends, right? But then, you know, you listen to a story of someone who's bullied your entire life and then she connects with other people who've been bullied. She makes a Facebook group about bullying and now she has a community and someone's going to go and tell her that she is not connected to anyone. I don't understand that. Wh where do you guys uh, land? I I'm going to take a guess. Go, go ahead. Yeah, like I, I firmly believe that the internet is connecting people. I believe there are some services on the internet that are enabling echo chambers, but more and more today. Good point. Um, but but I do think as a whole, the internet is connecting people, and and a lot of the services we use today are realizing that they are creating an echo chamber and trying to address that. But at the end of the day, it's up to the user on of the service and the person using the internet, and it's an open place, and they can seek out whatever they're looking for. And I think. Um, getting the the knowledge they need from sources to kind of combat some of those echo chamber effects are very important. But at the end of the day, it's it's allowed us to grow our business. It's allowed millions of entrepreneurs around the world to to start and grow their businesses. And uh, we really feel like it's connecting people. So you know that, that's a good point about uh, it's allowing you to grow your business. In pretty much every industry before the internet, there are all of these bottlenecks and roadblocks. Everything, uh, gatekeepers, if you will. Publishing, for example. Yeah. Publishing, if you want to make a book. 
you got to go through a publisher. Distribution, yeah. Right? Distribution, marketing, just to get get it to the people, right? Now you can go on Amazon and make a book in a probably uh, a couple of hours. If it's good, people will find out about it. So banks are big gatekeepers for everything. So you guys, are you, you disruptors? Would you call yourself, is that a, like disrupt, like you're disrupting the banks and... I think I read something that they weren't very happy about it at some point, right? Did they try to shut you guys down or did they shut you down? They did not want to make it easy for our lenders slash investors to put money into their lending loop accounts. So uh, came in the office one morning and people weren't able to transfer their money to their lending loop accounts if they banked with certain financial institutions. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of a story, and uh, we're, we're glad we got the word out to people saying like we need to support innovation not just from the government side but from the bank side because yeah. they can benefit from this too, right? The more money that moves, it's flowing through their bank accounts. So they used the the only connection they had to you, which was transferring money from people's bank accounts into the lending loop accounts. Yeah, and uh, they. <laughs> so uh, this was uh, how how long was this uh, this period of time? And uh, were you able to resolve it? Yeah, we, we resolved it very quickly. So it was within a matter of a week or two. Okay, well, yeah. that's that's good. Yeah. And they've uh, the banks have calmed down? I, I think so. I think that the approach has definitely gotten to be a little bit more supportive and collaborative. Even over the last you know, three, four months, things have, have probably shifted quite a bit. Good. Um, but when you think about like our mantra and what we allow people to do, I, I often say like it's it's be your own bank. Like that's what we allow yeah. people to do. Is, like, exactly. If you're an investor, you actually get to be your own bank because you get to do what a bank does and lend money to small businesses. I love it. Um, so, you know, obviously they, they, there is going to be that notion that we are a competitive threat to them. Um, but as Brandon said, when you look at the size and scale that banks have, hopefully they're not overly concerned with, with what we're doing for the time being. Banks probably have a very old school mentality in terms of business. I want to shift back to your how the business works. So let's get into the details. So you choose a business. So a business comes to you. And like, so I'm, I'm a regular person. I want to make sure that you're not just picking some guy who wants to buy more TVs or something for his, you know, his business that's failing or whatever. So what are like, what are the minimum requirements for this person coming to you? Yeah. Um, so, so straight off the bat, there's, there's three minimum requirements. Uh, one is that they have to have been in business for at least a year. Uh, so that's that have to actually have an operating track record. Okay. Uh, the second is that they have to have at least $100,000 of annual revenue. So again, you know, not a startup have been proven to be able to generate annual revenue. How do they prove that to you? Uh, through financial statements. Okay, so we so actually th- ask that they provide us with, with our financial statements. Sure. Um, and then finally, uh, when the, the business has a guarantor, so when there's actually an individual behind that business, we make sure that credit score is at least the 600. So actually, you know, we don't want to wait too heavily on that because we understand that sometimes people have poor credit scores because they've been using money to finance their business. But at the same time, you know, we don't want to put too much uh, risk onto the lenders of our platform. We understand how important that is. Um, so we do have a, a number of layers and that's just up front. Beyond that, we then have an entire kind of risk evaluation system where our team um, and a lot of the technology that we've built is actually evaluating the risk of the businesses that come to us. So what, what, uh, what's an example of that technology? What's it doing? Is it like looking on Google for things that I've done? 
like you know bad things <laughs> uh it's more so looking at a lot of traditional factors that even a bank might look at but in a much more efficient manner so we're looking at like pharmacographic details which means you know what industry the business is in uh, how many employees they have um, how long they've been around for uh, and looking at basically some statistical probabilities based on that information so we can estimate what the likelihood that that business will stop being able to pay based on those factors in combination with a number of other factors including their financial data banking data and a whole lot of other information like credit report details so you do all this vetting and this is this sounds good because you you, you so like who's taking the risk here is it you or is it me the investor so it's the investor that's taking the okay. risk, um, but also earning the return, right? So yes. with, with everything, it's a, it's a risk reward uh, trade off. So the investor is the one, you know, you as the investor are, are taking risk on each loan you lend to. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to diversify your investment. So the reason, you know, the minimum investment is $25, as I said before, is because if you're investing, say, $2,500, you can actually lend $25 to 100 different businesses. If you have 100 businesses. Right. You don't right now, right? Well, we we'll do that over a period of you time will, yeah. right so okay. like if we're doing 10 a week for example sure. and you stay with us for 10 weeks you'll okay. be able to lend what is the turnover for businesses these days uh, in terms of like recent events yeah right now it's about five to ten a week and obviously yeah. our, our goal is to continue to increase that over time so that you can very quickly diversify your portfolio and are people like is it like kickstarter where people come to you but they don't get fully funded to date, that hasn't happened, so we okay. haven't yet had a loan go un- unfunded. That is always a possibility or a risk, you know, when a business is, is looking for financing. We try to do our best to make sure we're only listing things that we think are actually, you know, have a very high probability of getting funded. And sure. especially with all the work that we do on actually evaluating the loans and doing that due diligence up front, we want to make sure that the majority of the businesses that do come are able to get successfully financed. So... I'm giving my money to you and you're giving it to the business and then they're paying the money back on a schedule of some kind and they're paying it back to me. Yeah, they're paying it right back to you every month into your lending loop account. So as you said, you, you open an account with us, so you, so you know what that's $200. Like. <laughs> um, I'm excited. So, yeah. So if you lend that $200 out, let's just say over a year time period, you'll be paying, you'll be paid back every month over that year time period. Is that the typical length of the uh, the term of the loan? Uh, average is between two and three years. Okay. Uh, we'll go up to five um, and we'll do as little as six months. So if, so, wait, so if I take yeah. $25 and I put it in and it's a three year, I get little bits of $25 every month. Plus interest. Plus interest yeah. for three years, perhaps. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. But but the idea is I'm going to get little bits in all of, from all of my loans and I'm just going to have $25 out there. Okay, I like that. So it, it, it seems a lot less risky when I'm, when you guys are betting them, obviously, I'm putting a little bit in each one. So it's in, in essence, I'm making a, a mutual fund of my own with Canadian businesses that I might pick different industries or whatever, or different. So you guys assign ratings to each one, right? So uh, who wants to talk about the ratings uh, and what they mean? Because I saw that they're A plus, D plus, C plus. So I have no idea what that means. Yep. What? Uh, how do you rate them, and what do they? Uh, what do they mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you were saying, you are, you do get to build a portfolio of small business loans by picking and choosing which ones you want to put in your portfolio. Uh, and that risk rating is really determined by what I was talking about before and that risk 
uh, evaluation process. So when we're evaluating the risk of a, a particular business, we're estimating the probability that business won't be able to pay. So an A plus business has a very low probability of not being able to pay versus an E business obviously has a higher probability of not so being able to, to pay. So A to E. And, and all of those have estimated default rates as we call them. So an A will have, you know, an estimated default rate of less than a percent, for example, versus an, a, versus an E will have one that's potentially as high as 10%. But now, of course, the return will be commensurate with that. So now, is that they're they're not going to be able to pay back at all, or they they might take longer? Like, what what do you if somebody's like, man, we we can't do this in three years, or um, I suppose they would probably have to go bankrupt for you to give up on them completely. But would you extend terms? Like, what does the contract look like with them? Like, is it really kind of loose, or is it really strict? Yeah, we want investors to be having the best experience possible. So, you know, the most important thing is for businesses to be making timely payments. And we try and make sure that, you know, in in the initial process, we're only giving them a loan that they can afford to pay back. Sure. So, you know, we do that assessment before we actually give someone money. But in the the case that someone is having a hard time being able to make repayments, we will actually, you know, be flexible with that business where it makes sense to do so. So if we believe that by being flexible, we'll give them more of a chance to be able to pay us back you know we do have the capacity to do that uh in other cases we may not if we think that's the best thing and the best interest to do for the lenders right at the end of the day our interests are aligned to the lenders um not just reputationally but we also take a spread uh, and that's kind of how we make money of one and a half percent between the borrowed invested interest rates so it's in our interest as well to make sure that that borrower is actually paying every month so you take one and a half percent off of the rate that you're charging the um borrower and then so i'm an investor i'm only going to see the rate that you're going to give me then if i see it on the list like that rate that's posted is the rate that i'm getting not like your 1.5 percent doesn't come off of that uh you you see both so on on the list you see like what the borrower is paying but then when you're actually investing it will say you know this is what the borrower is paying and this is what you will receive as okay so it's all very clear and transparent okay so so why would i ever pick a deep D company or an E company. I mean, okay, maybe I'm a gambler, right? Well, I'm not. And I can tell you a lot about that, but uh, not today. But it seems like, uh, you know, why would I pick this instead of, I don't know, anything else that's not risky? Yeah, I, I think when you're looking specifically at lending loop loans and you're looking A through E and you're looking at D and E loans, we do think it's important to have some of those in your loan portfolio because those will actually give you the chance to earn a higher rate of return, right? So if an A is yielding 6% and then an E is yielding 20%, if that E pays back, that's giving you the opportunity to earn a relatively high ret- return from that loan, right? But I'm so, seeing the default rate right beside it, the potential yes. that this E is not going to pay back. Yeah, like there, there's a much higher chance that the Ds and Es are not going to pay back, but those rates are, con- as Cato said, are commensurate with the risk, right? Um, And we think it's important to build this portfolio because it's going to give you the opportunity to earn an uncorrelated return to the stock market, right? So you're diversifying outside of stocks and bonds, which are tied to the general economy. And in the event of a a recession, it's shown that peer-to-peer loans actually perform better than the major indices. Okay. So if I was recommending to my personal finance coach clients in terms of you know, how to spread out uh, their investments. You know, I might say, hey, go check out index funds or ETFs. And then maybe if you have a little bit that you want to be more involved in, 
go to Lending Loop and then, but also diversify within Lending Loop too. Don't just go for the 21% interest because it looks so lucrative because there's risk there too. Yeah. So put a little bit in everything. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly it. And so you guys, yeah, you're building that. And, and in essence, it is kind of just like investing in a fund, but it, it's, it's, I can go and I can look at these uh, companies and learn more about them, right? Yeah, like we have a, a very can talk robust to listing. Yeah, there's a Q&A section where you can interact with the business owner. That's very unique. You, can look you at can't do that anywhere else. No, you can't. And you can really understand the business. And you have the chance to look at summary level financial statements. So if you want to see how the business is performing and what the impact of the loan is going to be on their business, you can look at that. I think that's a lot of work. Yeah, but um, it, it is. I want to trust your ratings. So you guys do a lot of this. You guys use all of it already. Yeah. But if I wanted to do it personally, I might go and ask a question. That yep. sounds like, you know, like, you know, how's it going with the, is the business <laughs> going as well as you thought it would be? Is my money coming in? Yeah. I think that might be comforting to some. Yeah, absolutely. But I think the ratings are, are probably a good indication. And uh, yeah, like the, I think uh, the fact that these people exist why don't we have like programs where like, you know, Joe wants to open a bakery and then we all give Joe money and help him succeed. And I mean, we do now you, you do that. Yeah. Like we don't enable startups. Like Cato said, they have to be have in business be for existing. at least yeah, a year because sure. we have the investment product on the other side. But if Joe got up and running and has proved he can start his business and it's starting to be successful, he wants a fancy bread baking machine. Exactly. And it costs 55 grand. Exactly. He can finance it on lending. You know, he used up all of his seed money, you know, to actually build the business, but everybody loves his stuff. Yeah. Right. So let's help him out. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about risk. Okay. So are, are Canadians, are we just terrified of risk? Is that what I'm like? Everybody's just like, I don't know about, uh, you know, investing in this and that. And, uh, GI people like people buy savings bonds. You know, I did a, I wrote a blog about Ontario savings bonds and they don't even cover inflation. Why, why are people doing this? Cause they're so afraid. Yeah. It's do a good agree? question. I do think Canadians naturally are more risk averse than people from other jurisdictions around the world. Sure. Um, why that is, I think we've we've done very well with a conservative mindset. I think um, uh, Cato kind of alluded to earlier, a conservative mindset from a financial regulatory environment potentially helped mitigate risks that happened in 2008, right? So now a lot of Canadians are kind of pounding their chest saying, look what we did. We didn't allow our banks to merge with each other or purchase American banks, et cetera. Um, but there's downfalls to that too. Right? So the, whatever happened in, in 2008 when everything went uh, into the toilet, everybody thinks that Canada was awesome because they played it safe and now they're using that as an excuse to not invest in things that aren't safe. Yeah, I, I think that... Or innovate. I, that I think that's kind of the, the vicious cycle that we're in. Okay. Um, for better, for worse, I think... Canadians are starting to realize that there's a lot of opportunity out there, especially with regards to innovation and financial services and alternative investments. But but we're slow to the race. Like this has been around, our industry has been around for over a decade in other countries and, and we're just getting started here. So I, I think this is great. I'm, I'm a big fan. I want to just talk about startups a little bit, more Peter Thiel stuff. So he says, startups are not the efforts of a single godlike person. It's small about small teams that really work together. And I see your team out there and, and you guys are a small team. I mean, I think, you know, when, some, when someone thinks about a bank or uh, somebody who's lending money, they think of this, you know, giant faceless corporation. And you guys, I mean, I could probably 
bring everybody in here in the next three and a half minutes and they could all say hello. And that's like, that's the kind of team we're talking about. And it, you know, you guys, obviously you're connected, you know, you, you work well together. You have the background you met in college. He says, um, you, you know, understand division of labor. One of you is a, a CEO, one's your CTO. Is that right? So like, is that, but that, those mean anything in this specific not, case? Not really. I mean, like to an extent, I think obviously that there are certain core responsibilities that you have when you're dividing up response, you know, like division of labor, as you pointed out, but we're, we're both founders and it, it takes more than just the two of us. It takes a team of people to make something like this successful. As, as you just said, it's amazing what you can do with a very small team because sometimes people look at us and, and what we're doing online, for example, and think we're like a giant company and they walk in here and say like, you know, th this is it. This is what landing loop is. I think um, it's important to, for people to know that it's just people like you trying to help, right? You're just, you know, you have, you have an idea and you're smart and you know you have support it really comes down to uh you know you decided to go up against the banks and uh, you won in essence right would you say would you do you feel like winners i think we've got a long way to go <laughs> um i, I wouldn't I not wouldn't, quite I wouldn't yet declare myself or, or, or lending loop a winner that's the, see, that's why you're smart right? um. <laughs> i'm calling you winners <laughs> The, uh, you know, to, for them to try to shut you down and for you to just be like, come on, people like grow up a little bit. Right. I think they, they're just trying to survive, it seems. And it's a little bit sad. Right. I, I, uh, when I, when I ask people like, why do you still pay fees to banks and, and stuff? They, they say, oh, I can walk into the bank anytime and do this or that. And, and I get the relationship bit and I understand. I didn't realize how important it was to some people to have a relationship with the bank, but I didn't grow up like that, right? But I like what you guys are doing in that you're taking that feeling that the people, the branch people have, and you're bringing it back by not like having a branch to walk into, but having the ability for someone to invest in their, in their neighbor. And I, I think that's a really good thing. Brandon, you already talked about your parents or small business. What, what, and so you, did you learn about personal finance from them? Yeah, mostly. So, uh, like how to run, how to run a business. Yeah. Like or I, I started obviously like delivering uh, packages for my dad and things like that. So like yeah. the first thing was learning how to like deliver things to clients. Sure. Uh, then we got into inventory management and then when I got my um, appetite what with that I kind of started learning more about how to manage books accounting bookkeeping and things like that so you got the full spectrum so you understand these businesses that Absolutely. that are and what about you Cato what's uh like when did you learn about personal finance or, or did you was it something you talked about with your with your parents when you were younger yeah similar to Brandon but both my parents were actually also small business owners okay. so, so very similar backgrounds and that yeah regard. that's yeah that's good and also helped with kind of managing books managing finances so you both saw the struggles yes of of like in real small business like if, uh so what was the industry uh for your parents if you don't mind me asking yeah no, my my mom ran a catering company okay so yeah that's services which is a very tough oh it's tough things tough just business. go bad immediately oh Boy. sorry we canceled your event uh what am I gonna do with all these sandwiches <laughs> that you know that's firsthand like uh why are you wasting my time and Brennan what was yours again. Uh, my family was in uh, agriculture, so okay. my mom uh, ran a marketing company that did marketing for a lot of the the boards, so like the pork board, poultry board, et cetera. Okay. And my dad 
ran a business that uh, sold equine supplies. So everything from like peat moss to shavings to harnesses, halters for horses. Okay, so this anything is you're, you needed on a farm, he would sell. Salt of the earth Canadians uh, here. This from is Waterdown, uh, Ontario. Yeah, Waterdown. Nice. <laughs> and you're from the UK originally, is that right? Yeah, I grew up in, in London, which London, England. And then you moved to London, Ontario. So then I moved to London, Ontario. <laughs> you just love the name so much. Yeah, I may have to move to London, South Africa <laughs> at some point. That's or whatever. <laughs> All of the Londons, please. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I went to Western as well. I I wanted to go to Ivy, but I didn't get the grades to go to Ivy. So I ended up taking a general business degree. I was just um, listening to something today where people are talking about how we're so focused on specializing that a general business degree or or uh, uh, or college or you know doing a whole bunch of different things and having a bunch of different skills. Is, is or was almost frowned upon. And you can see firsthand how valuable your small business skills are. Even the, you, know, you, went, you went to business school, which is a little bit more broad in terms of, you know, it applies to all the different parts of business. But if somebody gets a degree in, and specializes in economics, you know, they don't know how to ship packages or, you know, how the supply chain works or anything like that. And they're le- they might be less likely to understand why it's important to su- support a small business in Canada. So, I mean, I'm just hoping that a lot of people are aware that even though they might seem risky, maybe a lot of businesses in Canada, if they're real. It's not a small part of Google that you're buying or Uber or Apple or some other startup that you've never heard of or hope that will succeed. You're talking about businesses that have proven themselves. Yeah, and and just to add kind of further ammunition to that, 90% of uh, the private sector workforce actually works for small businesses. So most Canadians are employed by small businesses. They don't even know it. Yeah, they don't even even know it. Like not the big Microsoft, Googles, Apples, Facebooks. They're employed by real small businesses that are, you know, one to 20 employees that are just making their way you know, through their everyday life. And a lot of them need financing to grow. Actually, half of them in their lifetime or their life cycle actually need financing at some point. So, you know, these are just regular small businesses that we see and interact with. We may we may shop at them. We may use them to buy a product or a service. And now we actually get to help them as, you know, Canadian citizens helping out Canadian businesses. That's awesome. Okay, so so what did we, what did we talk about? So we, we went through what Lending Loop is, how you guys got to this, how important it is to you the changing landscape of, of lending in Canada. And, uh, you know, hopefully this will rub off on the banks a little bit if, the, if they don't get too much in your way. We talked about how people, how investors like myself can be safe in investing in this. And, and I mean, you just, you, you take the risk that you're comfortable with, right? I mean, you guys are very clear about what risk is there. But, you know, personally, I would probably want to just spread it around so that if one, one uh, defaults, I only lose my $25 and then maybe I, I make the 25 on another one. Right. And that's what it's all about. So we talked about that. I, I think, I think that's, that's pretty good. And I think, uh, we have a pretty good idea of, uh, what it is you guys do. I, th- I have one last question for you. So you're, you know, you're a startup, right? So if Yahoo offered you a billion dollars or, uh, some, you know, awesome valuation of your business, would you sell would you sell your business? 
you okay, can a billion dollars <laughs> okay or, or, or like just to just say your business was worth like somewhere close to a billion dollars and and somebody wanted to buy you out this is what happened to facebook by the way facebook was offered a billion dollars by yahoo and mark zuckerberg said well i don't know if i sell because he would get a quarter million a quarter of that so 250 million million uh, i'd probably just up start another facebook or something so i'm not going to sell it where do you guys fit into that camp? Like, could you, is it, I could do so much with this money or is I'm probably just going to do this anyway because this is what I wanted to do. I'm just curious as to what you think of that concept. Yeah, I, I think we're both doing this, not just for capitalistic reasons. Like there's sure. definitely a lot of altruistic reasons. And even if you look at why people invest in Lending Loop, like uh, in the small businesses, we get lots of emails from investors and lenders who aren't just uh, investing because they get eight, nine percent on their money. They're investing because they're actually helping out businesses in their community. Sure. And a lot of the reason we started Lending Loop was to do that same thing. So, I mean, like, look, at the end of the day, you know, most things in life have a price. Uh, that's that, that's unfortunate the world that we live in. But that price would probably, at least for me, be how much I could use that to actually support other things and support other businesses, sure. maybe it's small businesses, maybe it's other consumers. But a lot, I really like what we're doing at Lending Loop because we get to help people every day. So a lot of the decision would be driven based on what that would allow me to do in my future life. And if it would allow me to help people in an even more meaningful way than I'm doing right now, then maybe the answer would be yes. And if not, then no. And Brandon? Yeah, I think we, we have some goals here that we want to achieve with the scale of this business. And I think if the person buying us gives us resources to get our business to where that needs to be, we would definitely evaluate that. So we do want to become a household name in Canada f on the investing side of things. And we want every business owner to be aware that they do have a new choice of financing. So if we can get support from an acquirer or somebody to buy us or just an investor to spread the word, I think we definitely evaluate that because we just want to become a, a household name and support the economy. Right now, are you guys driving the direction of the business uh, or, or do you have other people kind of whispering in your ears sort of thing? I wouldn't I wouldn't say we have anybody whispering in our ears. Um, we have a lot of mentorship, though. Like yeah, okay, We need yeah. a lot of help. Oh, um, for sure. Um, starting a, a business is hard. Starting a business in financial services in Canada is even harder. Absolutely. Um, Sounds like it. So we've relied on a lot of mentors and advisors to help us get to where we are. But at the end of the day, the buck stops with us. And uh, I think that's the important. decision makers. Because then, it, you know, it'll go if you guys keep that the the drive to to help and to to you know it's it comes down to access right right now if I want to open a brokerage account uh, or maybe not so much anymore but depending on the bank I gotta have fifty grand and I gotta be a, a crazy daily trader and not to pay tons of fees and I don't want to do that two hundred dollars sounds fine twenty five dollars per company sounds fine to me and you guys take the fees off of the lenders uh, borrowers sorry um not me so i get whatever you yeah, posted it seems like it's pretty transparent and accessible and i think it's a really good alternative investment option for those who are looking for something outside of the the regular etfs and and uh index funds that i talk about constantly or uh bank stocks which uh always seem to be a good investment yeah unfortunately I 
I mean, yeah, we, we think this should be a part of everyone's portfolio. It's a really nice, as Brandon said, an why uncorrelated not? return, right? Like, well, yeah, why not? But it's, it's you know, you can earn you know, very attractive returns through this type of investment product. It's not correlated to the performance of public equity. So if the stock market's down one day, your lending loop investment's for the most part probably going to be untouched. So it's a nice way to diversify your portfolio. I mean, people talk about diversifying within stocks or even within lending loop. You know, this is a nice way to diversify your They're not trading. Th- these are not stocks we're buying. They're not yes. traded on a market. It's just money between people. Exactly. Yeah. It's a fantastic idea. And, and uh, I'm really glad that I came here today. And thanks for having me in, in your office. Uh, it's, uh, you know, like you said, it's not a, a multinational uh, headquarters. It's just a whole bunch of people working uh, hard, right? And uh, trying to build this business. So I like it a lot. So uh, thank you, Cato, uh, and thank you, Brandon. And so how can uh, people find you guys? Yeah, so lendingloop.ca is, is our domain. You can obviously go right there, check out our site, check out the investment opportunities, and hopefully you'll sign up for an account. And the other thing I'll say is also at lendingloop.ca slash statistics, you can actually see all of our information. Okay, um, that's good. So like what's, what's happened, like uh, who's paying back things and how quickly and that kind of stuff? Yeah, we, we believe that, financial services today uh transparency is essentially the most important aspect like of that. that so all of our data is essentially public t- uh, available to the general public that sounds perfect awesome all right thanks to both you guys and uh that's it for us thanks for having us thanks for having us